The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in, everybody, to Fantasy Sports Today. It's me, Joey P. Joe Pizapia. I know you were not expecting to see my face today, and I wasn't expecting to see you but alas, we are here. Happy New Year, everyone. Hope everyone's doing well. I'm one of the co-hosts of Fantasy Sports Today on the Sunday program. But sometimes you got to get called upon to pinch hit. Sometimes you got to get called at the last second and step in there. And I'm happy to be here today. we got a great show for you. we got a lot of NFL talk. we got incentives. we got NFL news. we got a little awards talk. We're going to do a recap of the NBA. Who knows where the show's going to go today? And of course, there's nobody better to be hosting it with me than my old dear friend, George Kurtz. And I don't mean you're old. I mean, our friendship is old. I just want to clear the air and start off as best as I can on the right foot with you today, George, because I know sometimes you're a bit curmudgeon and that's my favorite version of you. I'm in a good mood today, though. Uh, it's just one thing great about working at SportsGrid. I never know who I'm going to work with. Uh, earlier this week, I'm with Cam Stewart. I haven't worked with Cam in a while. I got Joe Pisa. You and I used to do a show. I forget the name of the show on Tuesday nights, but that was always fun during baseball season. So it's always a pleasure to work with you, Mr. Pisa Pia. I believe it was the Black Book show, actually, where I was still That's doing it. that. That was it. That's what it was. And the Fantasy Black Book, boys and girls, is out there on Amazon right now for baseball. If indeed we get baseball, as George and I were talking before the show, who knows? We'll probably get into that, too, is these two angry old guys you are going to yell at the sky for the next two hours. But I hope you're on board for it. we got a lot of important news going here. And let's start here with the Tuesday headlines. And let's start with some NFL because there's a lot to get to here. Let's start with Baker Mayfield, who will get shoulder surgery immediately after the season, which is good because I hope we can attribute his awful play over the last few weeks to that injured shoulder. I give him a lot of credit for playing through it, but still the play has not been good for the Browns, not been good for Baker Mayfield. Derrick Henry, though, expected to be at practice today, a Tuesday. This is very exciting news for the Titans, for Titans fans. And George, we'll get into this one in a second. LeBron James, big fourth quarter, lifts the Lakers over the Kings last night. And K-State beats LSU in final bowl game of the season. Of course, we got the uh, college football championship coming up next Monday. That's going to be very exciting, too. A little rematch between Georgia and Alabama, which I'm excited about because that first one was not quite the game anyone expected. So we'll see if round two is the same or different. But George, we got to start here with Derrick Henry because I feel like we have a, a paper tiger one seed in the AFC. That is the Tennessee Titans. And when you add Derrick Henry back into this offense and AJ Brown, who's been back the last few weeks, all of a sudden this offense is very different than what we've seen. And we've seen the Titans at times lose to the jets this year, lose to some other teams. They should not have lost to They've been ravaged with injuries. The confidence levels hit all time low yet. Mike Vrabel has been able to get this bunch here and keep them intact and take advantage of a weak division. And here we go, George. What do you expect Derrick Henry to do this week in week 18? And what kind of difference maker would it be if they get this by and have another week of rest for Derrick Henry in a first round or second round playoff then? 
Well, Henry changes his team dramatically. Uh, you call them a paper tiger. Without Henry, I think they're kind of a joke. I think they'd be eliminated maybe first round. Uh, well, second round, they'll probably have a bye. With Henry, they're a different team. I think they feed off him, off his physicality, off his toughness, whatever you want to call it there. They need him back. Now, you mentioned they lost to the Jets. They lost to the Jets with Henry, by the way. I just checked to make sure he did play that game. He did. They also lost to Houston. That was without Henry. They're mm-hmm. playing Houston again on Sunday. I think the Tennessee Titans, if I'm the Titans, I have to assume I can beat Tennessee without Henry this week because then you get pretty much two weeks off. Two weeks off, and you're going to count this week, three weeks off for Henry to make sure that hip is rehabbed, the leg's good, everything's good to go here for the first round of the playoffs. Maybe I could see him playing a smattering of plays on Sunday just to get, I guess, a feel, get a little game action, a little taste. But I'm not going to abuse him this week. I'm not because I don't want that injury to go backwards. You know, I want to make sure he is healthy, uh, fresh legs, everything you want to say going into the playoffs. Because I think they need it. Without him, they go nowhere. Nowhere. With him, a healthy Derrick Henry with fresh legs, that would scare the life out of me if I'm the defense has to play him in the divisional round. Yeah, that's a great point, George. I mean, how much do you want to even push him? I mean, the Texans have been spunky these last few weeks. There's no doubt about that. Davis Mills has played better. But at the same point, if you are the number one seed in the AFC, you should be able to beat those Houston Texans regardless. And if you're going to put Derrick Henry's health in danger just to do that, that questions to me, really, if you are the one seed. And I think we've already kind of established as far as our confidence level in the Tennessee Titans, it's very low right now. It's not a very high octane offense. It's certainly not a defense that you can't put points up on either. They've done a good job of winning football games, making do with difficult situations all year long. But it's a fascinating conversation to have is how much do you want to push Derrick Henry? How much will Derrick Henry want to push himself? Uh, and then Obviously, you're 100% correct there. The longer he has to wait, maybe the better version you have, and maybe you can just get hot at the right time and win out. And then Baker Mayfield, George, too. You know, I know there's a little bit of dissent here right now with Cleveland. People's expectations weren't met. Real quick, tell me, do you think a healthy Baker Mayfield makes a difference next year, or is Baker Mayfield going to be on notice in 2022? Well, you said it. I mean, how much of his bad play is attributed to the – the shoulder, you know, he had shoulder problems, had some other issues as well. He did play hurt. Toughness was, no, was not an issue here. No doubt about that. But he also had some clashes with his, uh, his players. You know, he's heard that come out with, well, I guess Beckham has clashes with everybody here. That's a tough judgment there by Stefanski and the organization. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think, as you said, he's definitely on notice next year. He may be on notice now. They may uh, might bring in competition for him this offseason. Yeah, it's a lot to uh, unpack here, and I'm sure more NFL news will filter in. Also, Joe Mixon just went on the COVID list, so he will not be available for the Bengals this Sunday. Another big bit of NFL news there, and I'm sure in the next two hours we'll get more of it. When we come back, NBA talk with Brett Levy right here on SportsGrid. We'll be right back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everyone, to Fantasy Sports Today. It's time to talk a little NBA, and there's nobody more qualified to talk about that than our pal, our producer, Brett Levy. Brett joins us, as always, every day to recap the night that was in the NBA and looking ahead to some other important questions, too, which uh, I've got a lot of questions regarding the NBA for Brett Levy. 
And once again, you know, there's nobody better to answer them. So, Brett, let's start with some of the guys from last night and how they've been doing. But so far, how's the NBA season been going for you? I know football has been kind of taking up so much of our time and energy, but a lot of people might not even notice. Oh, wait, yeah, that's right. NBA is hot and heavy right now. So how is that balance going for you, Brett? Yeah, well, Joe, I was really competitive late into my fantasy football seasons, made it all the way to the semifinals in a lot of my leagues. But, uh, you know, had a rough, rough uh, second round of the playoffs, Joe. Uh, a lot of guys went down for me. Tyreek Hill put up that stinker where he was maybe going to be on COVID, not on COVID. Lost Godwin, lost uh, DeAndre Hopkins for the year, had the Eli Mitchell injury that week. It, it was just, I had Cordell Patterson. It was just a mess when I got to the playoffs, Joe. But a real yeah. strong regular season. Uh, it was a fun regular season. So I've turned over to fantasy uh, basketball for a little bit here, and uh, it's been good. LeBron James continues to dominate the NBA as of late, Joe. But last night we saw some good performances. Julius Randle uh, came off the COVID list, Joe, for the New York Knicks and leads them to a victory. R.J. Barrett started the game unbelievable for the Knicks, scoring like 15 points in the first few minutes there. It was unbelievable. He was 5 from 5 from the floor. Uh, could not have started the game hotter. Julius Randle plays really well throughout. Fred Van Vliet gets a huge win for the Raptors on their home court against the Spurs. Uh, Raptors have struggled at home this year, but they blow out San Antonio last night. Van Vliet, obviously the catalyst for that with 33-7. and seven. Jarrett Allen and the Cavaliers uh, played a really tough game against the Grizzlies. So John Morant, uh, you know, gets the W, but Jarrett Allen... Slightly more impressive stat line, or at least for fantasy, uh, you know, scoring over 20 points, 12 rebounds. Um, he's been a great get for the Cavaliers. They they got him as part of that whole James Harden trade with the Nets. Uh, you know, they, there was trades to Houston and a lot of moving pieces there. Jared Allen ends up in uh, in Cleveland from that deal, and he's been great for them. Him and Evan Mobley really look like they're the future front court there. Laurie Markkinen playing better for the Cavs than he did in Chicago. And then John Morant's just been a superstar all season, Joe. I guess uh, when you're the number two overall pick, it's kind of expected. But, I mean, how quick he's risen to the top of the point guard ranks in the NBA is, is pretty unbelievable. Um, you know, rookie of the year, obviously, the year Zion was in and out of the lineup. We haven't seen much of Zion in the NBA, but... Uh, John Morant, I, well deserving of that top two selection, um, and he's just you know really led the Grizzlies to a great season. Devin Booker and the Suns, they didn't blow out New New Orleans Pelicans like I thought they would yesterday, Joe. Uh, the starters were in there late in the game, but Devin Booker, thirty three points, uh, eight rebounds. So uh, you really like to see that from Devin Booker. Uh, you know he's a guy that's really kind of a one trick pony, Joe. Uh, he's a scoring guard, so to see him fill up the stat sheet a little bit, no steals, no blocks, nothing like that, but to see him get some rebounds, stick his nose in there on the defensive end and uh, get a few assists, that's always uh, a positive for Devin Booker. Now, you mentioned Allen with the Cavaliers, and I'm curious your take, you know, as a young team, what do you think their expectations are for this Cavaliers team in 2022-23 season? 
Yeah, so they made a trade for Rajon Rondo last week. He obviously needs to come off COVID protocols uh, before he can play. They got Darius Garland back, their starting guard, who's certainly in the conversation for most improved player of the year, Joe. Um, there's a few other guys I like as well, but Darius Garland has to be mentioned in that conversation. He's been sensational for them. Uh, Sexton's out for the year, which he's probably their best guard, Joe, coming into the season. Uh, well, I guess he's not out for the year, but indefinitely coming mm -hmm. off a meniscus tear. So there's a chance he could be back in March. Like, you know, it, typically the recovery for this thing is six to eight weeks. We don't know how effective he's going to be in March, but, you know, maybe if they're alive in April, maybe, you know, he comes back and he's really, you know, playing some good minutes for them. Um, so, that you know, that stuff's up in the air. I think for Cleveland, you just got to be happy you're above water. And I think you got to be adding to the puzzle because you want to give these guys confidence and continue to build confidence. And look, right now, if the season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs. So that's a good spot to be. I think they're ahead of schedule, Joe. And uh, I, I think, obviously, Evan Mobley, Rookie of the Year conversation, Jared Allen uh, and Darius Garland in the most improved conversation. So this is uh, Kobe Altman, uh, someone I, I'm a big fan of. Uh, he's doing a good job rebuilding the Cavaliers here. All right, let's look ahead now to Tuesday. And a lot of big questions. I think we have to start here with Kiefer Sykes of Indiana, who was signed because of the 10-day contract situation with COVID. But he's done nothing but produce here. So the question I have for you here, Brett Levy, has Kiefer Sykes really worked himself into a role on this team with his contract coming to a close here? Should the Indiana Pacers basically continue to uh, – ask for his services should they keep him around regardless and extend him out because clearly from a contribution standpoint he's been able to make one in this early going here yeah so Kiefer Skyes has been scoring the basketball at a high rate um it's been unbelievable to watch Joe it's been a lot of fun they have another guard that they've had up from the G League he's on a two-way contract Dwayne Washington from Ohio State so from contract perspective it may make more sense to keep around Dwayne Washington. Plus, he's you know the younger player, the rookie you're trying to develop, uh, this and that, right? But from a production standpoint, I think Kiefer Sykes has earned himself a little stay in the NBA, Joe. Lit up Madison Square Garden last night, was shooting the ball really well from three, uh, is scoring more than 20 points a game since he's been asked to play in the starting lineup. Um, just been really an explosive player uh, for the Indiana Pacers who need some help at the guard position. So I think that's been uh, a very interesting development, Joe. He's a guy that was stuck overseas, played in this thing called the TBT, the basketball tournament this summer, got really hot, earned his way uh, to the Pacers summer league roster, played well there, and now he's got this opportunity and he's making the most of it. All right, two more questions for Tuesday. I'll throw them at you at the same time. Will Russell Westbrook have any more games with zero turnovers? His first game with zero turnovers since 2016. So, you know, fast and loose is what we know when it comes to Russell Westbrook. And then at age 37, is LeBron James having his best season ever? I mean, kind of right now, 28 points per game, six and a half assists per game, and seven and a half almost rebounds per game. So take him in any order you want, the Westbrook turnovers or the LeBron uh, prolific performance continuing well into his late 30s here. 
Yeah, so the Westbrook thing's kind of funny, Joe. Uh, you can't imagine that it's been, you know, since 2016. He's had a game with zero turnovers. But a game in which he's played 30 minutes with zero turnovers is even farther back, Joe. So I guess it's safe to say this is an anomaly and uh, probably won't happen again. And is LeBron having his greatest season ever? I mean, uh, you could certainly make the case at 37 years old, he is dominating the league. And uh, you you said the numbers there, but uh, I mean, he's only averaged 30 points once in his career. So he's pretty much averaging his third highest total ever. Uh, averaging, you know, towards the bottom of his assist numbers, to be honest, usually north of mm -hmm. seven there. But uh, just making an overall impact on winning, uh, it could be LeBron's best season ever when it's all said and done. Well, thank goodness for you, Brett Levy, making an overall impact here on our basketball coverage on Sports Grid. We appreciate you, as always, my friend. And, of course, we've got a lot to break down with the NFL season because incentives are everything. When we come back, we're going to take a look at Week 18 and how that impacts you. <laughs> sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com There's a lot of tricky things at the end of the NFL season because some teams have something to play for, others do not. Some players individually have things to play for, and that can make a huge impact, whether it's on your wagering, whether it's on your prop betting, whether it's on your daily fantasy, or just how you're intaking the game. And I'll tell you what, George, there's a lot of those things at stake in week 18 of the NFL, which still sounds a little weird to me as I keep saying Week 18, I guess old habits die hard, but here we are, and we know some teams are in of it, some teams are out, and it's a very tricky set of circumstances because with COVID, with injuries, even teams that really you know could play their players might pull guys back in the second half of games. So really, George, it feels like Week 18, as always, is going to be kind of out of hand, not to mention a lot of defenses we all know like to kind of start looking ahead to booking their plane reservations and going home and not so interested in tackling. So I wonder, do you feel like a lot of overs potentially this week in week 18, George? I think you make a lot of great points. All right. I think that last point is even, we. I don't, you could expand on that even further. Not only looking forward to going home, but what don't they want to get? They don't want to get hurt going into their off season, right? They don't, they don't want to have to have a surgery. So oh, when you, have, you tore up a knee, whatever it might be, an ankle, an Achilles. Uh, if you're a free agent and you have nothing to play for, you know, hey, I'm not doing anything that's going to affect my money. Yeah, my cheddar. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not going to happen. So, yeah, I do think we have a, a tendency to see that. Yeah, receivers, by the way, could also have alligator arms, right? Oh, I'm not going to extend, mm -hmm. and I might get oh, blasted yeah. over the middle here. You know, keep everything close here. So, yeah, I worry about all of this. That's why in fantasy leagues, we're all, we all sit on our soapbox going, don't play week 18. Not in a head-to-head mm -hmm. league. You're in a points league, I'm fine with it, but not in a head-to-head -head league. Uh, don't play week 18. Too many variables that are too hard to figure out. No, an incredible amount of variables, and you should never, ever want to leave a fantasy championship to the final week of the NFL season because, you know, the variables have been hard enough. You heard Brett complaining in the last segment about how the last couple of weeks there kind of wrecked his team with all the injuries and COVID. For a second, I thought you were still here, George, complaining about those things, but it was actually young man Brett Levy complaining about all that stuff. But let's talk Give about the time. teams first. <laughs> let's talk about the teams first. Who cares on Sunday? Okay, let's talk about it. 
The Arizona Cardinals, they are one of those teams now. They've kind of limped to the finish line, but a big win for them in Dallas last Sunday. The San Francisco 49ers, who have owned the Rams. They won five in a row against the Rams. I mean, people don't realize that. They need this win. The Tennessee Titans need a win. Obviously, we talked about them a little bit earlier, not just for that number one C, but most importantly, there's only one buy just like last year. So you have to get that buy, especially if you have designs on getting Derrick Henry healthy. So this is a huge game for the Titans. The Buffalo Bills, certainly a must win too. And, you know, the Jets have been another plucky team as well that I would be a little afraid of. And I want to talk about the Bills more in a second. New England, obviously, has a game against the Dolphins that they must win. Same with the Indianapolis Colts, although everybody assumes they're going to win against Jacksonville. And the New Orleans Saints are in a must-win situation too. So these are the teams with things to play for. And the one I want to focus on here are the Buffalo Bills for a second, George, because I was on a show yesterday um, and we were talking about having great talent and then being a dominant team. And they're not always the same thing. And I feel like the Bills this year have a lot of talent, but they have had games where they have struggled to move the football, then games where they've struggled defensively. They have all the right pieces, but I think this year, different than last, is now they had expectations and a little bit more pressure, and there's been times where they've answered the bell and times where they have not. My confidence level in the Bills is high this week against the Jets, but it is not—it is certainly shakable, I guess you could say. If you told me that the Jets ended up somehow pulling one out against the Bills, I would be very surprised but not shocked. I think they're going to win, but what do you think about this Bills team who's been kind of an enigma, looking great sometimes and other times not so much? Well, I would be shocked if the Jets beat the Bills. Uh, we probably know Michael Carter this week. Uh, Jets, I mean, their coaching has been, you know, uh, interesting. How about we go with interesting? Even though I think they are an improving team for that matter, by the way. Uh, by improving, I mean, you know, they're taking small steps here, but at least Zach Wilson looks like he might be a competent NFL quarterback right about now. Uh, the thing is, you're playing in Buffalo here. Like I said, no Michael Carter. I don't see you beating them. That being said, I agree with you about Buffalo. I think Buffalo is a very good team, but you know, sort of a team that where everything needs to be going right. They sort of remind me of the Cowboys in some way. When things are going right, mm-hmm. they'll beat anybody. But when things aren't, when you know, it trains up the tracks a little bit, they have a tough time, just a tougher time with games than they should have. I think last Sunday was a perfect example. They should have rolled over Atlanta without a problem in Buffalo. And the final score looks like they did, but Josh Allen threw, what, three straight interceptions at one point. He's having trouble there. Atlanta actually took the lead. I think it was 15-14 at one time there. That shouldn't really happen in that kind of game. Uh, so it was intriguing to say the least. Uh, I think Buffalo's they're an up and down team. Losing Ladarius you know, Ladarius White, they don't have him. He's gone for the season. I think that hurt, especially as the playoffs go on. They don't have much of a running game. I think we listen, I know that game against the Patriots. You really can't judge by that game. You know, you have a thousand mile per hour wins, couldn't really throw the football. But, you know, you might get that in Buffalo at any time. And they're not really built for that because they can't run the ball. They need a night, you know, a nice with it where Josh Allen can throw. And more importantly, I, I've been I've been complaining about this. You want to hear me complain? Since that Patriot game about why Josh Allen wasn't running that game. Why didn't he use his legs in that game? I understand maybe you don't want your quarterback running every game because eventually he might get hurt. I understand that. But that was a game that we thought at that point, you lose this game, you might not win with division where Allen should have been running. That's the game you let him run. Go, Josh, do what you got to do. It seems like they've realized ever since that game, go, Josh. You know, you do it. We'll go. We'll get back in here. I think that's what their running game is. Josh Allen is their running game. He's not Lamar Jackson or anybody like that, but he's a guy with his legs, and no one wants to tackle him. That's a load coming at you at quarterback, 250 pounds. Mm-hmm. That's a linebacker you got to tackle. So I think that's what the, the key to Buffalo is, letting Josh Allen free. Yes, he can throw the football. He's got major arm arrogance, which gets him in trouble at times, but he's got major arm arrogance there. But I think winning with his legs is going to be more 
I don't want to say more important, but just as important in the playoffs as his arm. The Bills secondary is one of the best in the league, but that injury to Tredavious White certainly has affected them. There's no doubt about that. I actually like that they've started to hand the ball off a little bit more and find some balance of the offense with Devin Singletary. If you look from a fantasy perspective, this is a guy the last four weeks is a double-digit half-point PPR point. So Devin Singletary has been a huge part, I think, of balancing things out, taking a little bit of pressure off. But still, I mean, last week they let Atlanta kind of hang around there in that game for far too long, I thought, especially with the elements under consideration as well. And kind of just like the Bills over in the NFC, George, the Rams are that other version where, in my opinion, the Rams might be the best top to bottom roster, theoretically, in football. I mean, you could certainly make that argument. And yet time and time again, they've struggled to put away teams. They've struggled against teams like the Lions. They, they've even struggled last week where they should have absolutely blown the doors off a Baltimore Ravens secondary that has been absolutely atrocious over the last eight weeks, the worst in the league but they didn't. And that's my whole thing here right now. Do the Rams lack a killer instinct? And are they in trouble here? Because San Fran continues time and time again to take it to them. Now, San Francisco knows that their conference level is high. But what about from the Rams perspective? When do the Rams show up here against the 49ers finally and assert their dominance? And I know they don't have necessarily a home field advantage being out there in Los Angeles. You're probably going to get a lot of 49ers fans in this game. But you tell me about this. Do you think that there's a chance here where the Rams are another team that might be upset. Well, you already said it, all right? And I know Gabe Ramsey was one of us brought up the stat on uh, sports rates to me on Monday because I didn't realize it, that the 49ers have beaten them, what, five straight times, which makes me think they – it's not a huge sample size, but it's two and a half seasons now. So it lets me think that uh, Shanahan has something over McVay for whatever reason he does. You know, maybe it's uh, the run game. You know, he's very good at designing the run games. Uh, I don't know who's going to be quarterback yet for uh, the 49ers on Sunday. It's going to be Garoppolo. It's going to be Lance. But it's a big game for the Rams. They're not laying down here. They want to win the division. right? I don't think they'll be terrified about going to Dallas in uh, the wild card round. Well, you want to get that first home playoff game. I don't care how many uh, fans you have there. So uh, it's an interesting contest here because I, w- I would not have guessed, Joe, that San Fran had beaten them five straight times. The Rams mm-hmm. are an interesting team because I think in fantasy terms, they're a Stars and Scrubs roster. Right, a big part of their salary cap is made up uh, by those eight players, you know, McDonald's, Ramsey's, uh, Stafford, uh, on and on there. Everybody else is lesser players. And they're very good when those guys are healthy and playing up the par. If they're not, well, then they slink down because they don't have the kind of depth the other teams have here. Stafford hasn't played well of late. I guess if you're an optimist, well, yeah, he hasn't played well of late, yet you still manage to beat Minnesota, still manage to beat Baltimore. That's very true. If you're a pessimist, those teams aren't going to the playoffs. Now you're playing playoff teams. You know, if Stafford doesn't play well, you could be one and done. You might lose your division now. So I think it all comes down to, like it normally does, on the quarterback. You know, uh, Stafford, I think you said it, played Baltimore. Baltimore has been getting torched by everybody, not by Stafford. Not, not the first half by Stafford. I believe the second half he cleared 14 straight passes, actually got on sluggish a run. in the first half. So, yeah. He was sluggish, right? But four pick sixes this year, that can't happen. It makes me wonder, yeah. is he once again wanting, wanting to get rid of the football? I think the offensive line not being great. He's seeing the rush a little bit. I think aging quarterbacks do that at times. They see the rush and want to get rid of the football, and he's made mistakes. I think the key to beating the, the, the Rams, like any team, put pressure on Stafford. Yeah, and some of the other teams that don't have 
really anything to really change. I mean, the Rams still have something to prove as far as I'm concerned. You have the Dallas Cowboys, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals also in a precarious situation with Joe Burrow's knee, depending on how that is. He took a shot there at the end of the game, and he didn't even take the kneel down before the field goal. So we'll keep an eye on that situation, especially now that Mixon's going to be out too. Maybe we see all the secondary pieces come in there for them. But the Tampa Bay Bucks are curious because the Tampa Bay Bucks, for everything that happened last week and – you know, we just talked about the Jets and Zach Wilson playing better and all that. The The Jets were winning that football game for quite a while. And I understand they've had a lot of health issues. I understand Mike Evans with a hamstring has been an issue and a problem, right? But no Antonio Brown after the whole incident and everything that went on there. I feel like from a, a mental health standpoint for the Bucs, maybe the Buccaneers should be playing everybody. Maybe they should be out there trying to get everyone on the same page and go in on the right foot. Because I don't think with all the chaos that's gone on here with this team between the Fournette injury, the Antonio Brown stuff, and the other injuries that have happened to this team, including COVID, including, you know, missing Bruce Arians for a week of practice before he came back on Sunday. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need to play, need to play well this week. We come back, individual player incentives right here on Sports Group. Great, great. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So George and I just had a fun conversation about the teams that are and are not playing for things this coming Sunday in the NFL. But what about the individual players? How does that affect your fantasy day in terms of daily fantasy investment too? You want to invest in these guys? How does it affect potentially the prop market? Because there's a lot of guys who are playing for stuff. But before we get into that, I want to remind everybody, make sure that even when you are not watching SportsGrid, you're following us on all of our social media channels at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV, on the Twitter machine, on Instagram, we're everywhere. We have phenomenal content going on there and you can stay up to date with all of the latest trends and everything in terms of information as well because there's always so much going on this time of year especially as we head into the nfl playoffs so you want to make sure you have the best information and the best entertainment you possibly can follow us over on sports grid so here's the question for you here let's start with some three guys here george kurtz to break down let's start with stefan diggs who is six receptions away from $1.5 million. That's a lot of money. And I got to imagine Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen have had some conversations this week where Stefan Diggs sat down and said, bro, bro, 1.5 is a lot. I promise you I'll take you out to a steak dinner. I don't know, wherever you want to go, we'll go there. Rob Gronkowski is just seven receptions away from earning $500,000. Certainly with the depleted wide receiver situation there in Tampa, Gronk looks like a good bet there, but again, if you don't play Tom Brady the whole game, what happens? Tom Brady, historically, we all know, likes to play when he's given the chance to play. He might play till he's 57 years old. And then there's A.J. Green, 75 receiving yards away from earning $250,000. So let's start at the top here with Stephon Diggs. Going against the Jets, six catches seems like nothing. That seems like money in the bank. To me, this becomes highly investable in the daily fantasy market here, if you're playing on FanDuel or on DraftKings, because... It's a good situation already for Stefan Diggs. He's a little bit cheaper, especially on the FanDuel side, than the guys like Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup. I think that makes him very investable this week, George. What are your thoughts on Stefan Diggs hitting that six catches? And I think he's going to have a touchdown, at least one, in this game. What do you think? 
Agreed, agreed. I, I, I love this angle, by the way, for DFS. Guys who have incentives, right? money, reasons mm-hmm. to want to win, especially in, in a, when their team still hasn't a reason to play. Well, George, I might... George, in all fairness, we did this last week on my show with Antonio Brown. It did not work out well. Just want to point that out. Did not work out well, but we'll try to love again. Go ahead. Who needs a million dollars, Joe? I mean, I'm sure you're good, right? You wouldn't want a million dollars. Well, I was offered two, two of 50K flat out just to come in and fill in today. But again, that's a story for another time. But how about you here with Stefan Diggs? What do you think? Yeah, with most normal people, okay? Uh, <laughs> yes, I think this is a big thing here. Antonio Brown is certainly not normal. Uh, you want to talk about a guy who dances to his own, whatever. All right, so yes, I think Diggs is a good play this week. We love the matchup. The Bills do have something to play for. Granted, uh, the odds of getting the number one seed aren't good. Tennessee's probably going to win their game, but Buffalo's still going to play, and these games are at the same time, so they won't know ahead of time anyway. So yes, I like Diggs here. <laughs> you do the math here. That only equates to a little over 100 catches a season. It's not like he needs nine catches. Oh, my, you're asking for a lot. Six mm-hmm. is not asking for a lot. So, yes, I'm in on Diggs here. Jets, a good matchup. Not the greatest secondary on the planet. Uh, I'm in. I'm in on Diggs here. I think he gets his uh, his little prop here, his little uh, $1.55 million. And as for where that staked in is going to be, Hawaii, if I'm Josh. And he said anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Hawaii, maybe, maybe Europe. Go for a nice stake yeah. somewhere in Europe. Asia. Mm-hmm. Japan? Uh, uh, hey, man, I don't know, but you should definitely take him somewhere. Now, Gronk is a little bit more tenuous. You know, Gronk, you have to pay up the scale on tight end, which is normally Gronk's been worth that when he's been out there on the field. Evan's dealing with a hamstring injury. Antonio Brown not available. Chris Godwin not available. You've got these secondary wide receivers. The question is, how much Tom Brady do you get in this game? Historically speaking, as a Patriots fan, I know Tom Brady wants to play. Tom Brady's probably going to play, and I think Tom Brady's going to play and get his friend, his buddy Gronk, who came out of retirement to play last year with him, I think he's going to get him that money personally. So I think this is also something I personally am investing in this week. And if the prop market, whatever that prop is on it, if it's eight uh, for Rob Gronkowski this week because of the incentive or seven and a half, whatever it is, I will take the over. I think he's going to get peppered with targets. But what do you think about Gronk this week with Brady? A little bit more tenuous situation because they don't have to push the limit, but maybe they should. Well, now you're talking, this is a number that is rough, right? Because that's 120 catches over a full season. So he'd have to be looking for him and wanting to get him, which I have no doubt he does. We know Brady and Gronk are close. I'm not as worried about Brady not playing. I think he is going to play the full game. Arians has come out and said that they're going to play. Uh, he wants to. He was, he was angry after the game against the Jets. So uh, they do have seeding to worry about here. You know, two, three, three, uh, second seed, third seed. Could he be the fourth seed if everything goes wrong for them? So uh, there are reasons to play here, and I think Brady wants to play. You mentioned there's no Antonio Brown. I know he hasn't been released yet. That's all lawyers being involved there about the in-injury settlement there. So that's why he's still technically on the Buccaneers, but he's not playing. Uh, uh, Godwin's gone, right? And I made the joke. Uh, one thing about Tampa Bay, Evans has to be in bubble wrap, man. You've got to make sure this guy's healthy. And he's got already got the hamstring injury. where They, they, they don't want him running deep routes and – that's not good, which means everything's got to be funneled through Gronk. Really, Gronk, Brayton, Howard, I think all could have big days here. I'm looking, he ha- only, he's only had seven or more receptions in a game three times this season, which mm-hmm. is actually more than I would have thought, by the way. I wouldn't have even thought he had it, but one of those times was last week. Mm. Hello. Yeah, and that's Hello. trend, right? I agree. Yes. I agree. Now, the last one here, A.J. Green, is another tenuous one because – you would have thought that there was potential there when DeAndre Hopkins went out for maybe more AJ Green, but really the snap share hasn't been. It's been Christian Kirk has been the main guy. He's been out there with the most target share in that offense. Now he had 74 receiving yards last week, so he just needs 75 this week. So if we're talking trend, 
If you go back 33 the week before, 64 the week before that, 102 in week 14, it's been all over the map. But again, this is a veteran certainly looking to get paid. And I'll have any more paydays AJ Green has ahead of him. So do you think he hits this 75 receiving yards and gets that extra 250? He's hit it four times this year. You know, that's not including the one uh, last year. He's uh, 102. You mentioned 78 against Seattle. Guess who he's playing on mm. Sunday? Seattle. <laughs> Dead secondary. All right. I think they do want to get Green involved here. Once again, they certainly have something to play for. He will need to hit a big play. He's not going to be a guy who gets seven receptions, averaging, you know, 11 yards a reception. He'll need to hit a play for 30, 40 yards, I think, to get this. But I think it's very possible. I think they will give him the opportunity, Joe. So, yes, whether he catches the ball or not, anyone's guess here, but he gets the opportunity. I'm going to vote yes. I think he gets it here. Once he, if it was against a better secondary, I'd be more inclined to vote no. But it's against Seattle, the secondary, although it's played a little better of late, is not good. Not good. They have nothing to play for. They have a whole bunch of guys who just might, might want to get the hell out and go go your golf and go to the Caribbean, go on your cruise, whatever you're going to do here. I'm going to vote yes for A.J. Green. But this is the one. If you're going to ask me the one I worry about the most of these three, this is it. Because I, yeah. you know, it's – you still got to get open. You know, uh, receptions right. are different. You know, this little two-yard reception, fine, no problem here. Catching the ball for yards can be a little tougher here. So I'm, I'm worried about this the most, but I do think he gets it. I agree with you. It worries me the most as well, but that Seattle defense is the thing I keep coming back to. And Seattle defense in Week 18 is another thing I keep coming back to too. And I think that maybe, just maybe, it's a better look than we realize. All right, those are some of the individual money incentives that are out there. How about some personal achievement incentives and let's start with cooper cup just 12 receptions away and 136 yards to beat the all-time record not impossible this is not like something you look at and you go oh this can't possibly happen we've seen these massive games here from cooper cup uh, over this season that's certainly possible mike evans on the other hand 54 yards away for eight straight thousand yard seasons i don't know this hamstring is a little a little dicey for me, George. I don't think I can buy into this one. I think it's far more important that he breaks this streak and then goes ahead back into the playoffs healthy. And then Jamar Chase, 45 yards away from the all-time rookie record. Now, this is going to be tricky because that depends so much on whether or not Joe Burrow plays. And I know we have 266 yards rushing still to go for Jonathan Taylor to break 2,000. That seems like an awful lot. They might try, but I think they're going to fall short. So, any of these individual incentives in your mind, something that's attainable, whether it be Cup, Evans, Chase, or maybe even Taylor? Uh, Taylor, I would say no. That would be, wow, that would be something. Because if he's having that big a game, I mean, the game's over, you won. You got to get this guy ready for the next week against the wild card round, right? Because that's the only way you're winning. Carson Wentz is terrible. All right, so the only way you're winning is if Taylor goes bananas, which he might do. You go, you it can is show, Jacksonville. <laughs> it is Jacksonville. It's not a, it's, listen, would I say it's no chance? No, but it's probably, you know, 50 to one that he's going to do something like that. I mean, probably more than 50 to one. Uh, but I don't, I don't put it exactly out of range. He could hit a couple of huge runs and away we go here. And, uh, well, I say it wouldn't shock me about that, but I, I'm not, certainly not mm-hmm. betting on it. I'm not really betting on any of these other, uh, not, not the Cooper cup, because if he's had having this big a game, it probably means it's over, right? They, they've won the game. I would think. And you're going to keep playing company. Once again, you got to play next week. Because you're getting those, all those receptions. He's getting banged around a lot, too. I can't take a chance on that. I'm all the players getting their uh, their money from the coach and doing whatever, and I want them to get it. But I also got to win next week. You know, uh, They're playing mm-hmm. next week no matter what. So I got to be very careful. I don't see him having that. Although, once again, 
San Fran secondary, they played better. They're disguising their coverage so much better now. Uh, pro- props to San Fran for doing that, but their secondary is a, a problem there. But I don't think they let Cup go bananas. I don't see it. I can see Mike Evans getting it because, once again, if he breaks one, just breaks one, you know, he could get it there. I don't think they're going to run him mm-hmm. many deep patterns. they got to protect that hamstring here. But this is the one I probably like the best. But let me ask you this. Do we care about 1,000-yard seasons anymore? Do you want to know what that comes out to divided by 17? 59 yards a game. 59. Who cares about 1,000 yards anymore? That went out really in the 70s when they went from 14 mm-hmm. to 16 games. Talk to me about 1,200. Hey, I'll make you more depressed. You got to do that math by 18 now, George, not 17. So that number is even less impressive when you divide it by 18. Games. 17 games. You only play 17 games. I'm sorry. I thought you said weeks. I apologize. I thought you said weeks. Yes, games. Okay. But now we have the 18-week season there. So I apologize. It'll be 18 games right. eventually, though. <laughs> probably next year all right let's go with the uh player incentives for week 18 for the tight ends too we got kyle pitts banged up right now not sure what his status is going to be 59 yards away from the all-time rookie record he's the first rookie tight end to have a thousand yards receiving in 60 years it's unbelievable and then mark andrews 149 yards for all-time tight end record believe it or not mark andrews when you took lamar jackson out of the equation I don't think any of us thought that Mark Andrews all of a sudden going to blossom. And it, it feels almost like an indictment on Lamar to a certain extent. Kyle Pitts we'll get to in a second, but I want to talk about Andrews first. What are your thoughts here on Mark Andrews and whether or not you're better off with Tyler Huntley playing quarterback with Mark Andrews in terms of getting this record? Because it seems like that's the case. Oh, here we go. Now, I know you didn't listen to, uh, to me on Vegas Sports Radio yesterday with uh, Scott Wetzel and not. Cam Stewart. Wetzel and Stewart are trying to tell me that uh, the Ravens would be are, that they'd be better with Huntley and uh, over Jackson. Over, I mean, it's a, an extremely small sample size to make this kind mm-hmm. of uh, you know assumption here. I'm I'm on the line. I am not making that assumption. Train. In all fairness, I am not saying that. I'm saying for Mark Andrews to get this record, he wants Huntley throwing the football on Sunday. That's what I'm saying. He was he was having a pretty good season with uh, Mark Jackson, but I think you're probably right. Huntley seems to have eyes wherever Andrews mm-hmm. is. Right, always the first uh, the first target there is Andrews. He's looking for him. I don't think there's any doubt. Whatever, I don't know what the reason. Does he have not much work with the other guys? Does he not want to throw the ball into the secondary? Is it, once again, younger quarterbacks generally like the big target that's close to the line of scrimmage, right? Because you can see him and you get him the ball. And more importantly for Andrews, he's catching the ball this year. All right, I had him on fantasy teams last year. He dropped everything, everything. And he's so frustrating. But this year he's catching. He looks like he has a stick him on his hands again. Good for him. Uh, I think he's got a shot. But Pittsburgh, man, they hate each other. You mm. know they don't want him getting that record. Yeah, but George isn't bitter at all. I just want everyone to know George has no bitterness still for Mark Andrews. And look, Kyle Pitts, is that a great season? This is the season we hoped for. I understand the touchdown totals have been lame. But, you know, one touchdown is not what we were hoping for. But 1,000 yards receiving for a rookie tight end? That was exactly the high expectations. I thought he finished top five, and guess what? He's tight end five on the year. We'll be right back. Fantasy Sports Today right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
before we close out our one here on Fantasy Sports today, uh, another bit of news from the NFL. So I mentioned earlier in the show, Joe Mixon was going to be unavailable because he tested positive for COVID. And of course, with the five-day protocol, you test positive on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Obviously, that's probably not going to be the case where you're going to clear by then. Joe Burrow also not playing this week here, which probably makes sense, George. We kind of alluded to it earlier in the show that that was probably a situation to monitor. And it looks like that's going in that direction where he's probably going to take this week off. And I got to ask you this question too, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about awards. Do you feel like in a way Joe Burrow deserves a little bit more MVP talk? It's one thing to, you know, be Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, the standard that everything's built around. Is it another thing to take a team where in a very difficult division, you took him to the top of that division where nobody really gave you a chance coming off major knee surgery. Nonetheless, is Joe Burrow not getting enough love for the MVP award? Is it a very difficult division? Hmm. Yeah, I Cleveland, think it is. Baker I Mayfield's falling apart. Uh, ben, I'm paper, 90 years old, Roethlisberger, and I can't throw the ball from here to my wall. And Baltimore, <laughs> who had no secondary. Uh, no great teams here. I don't think I'm going to give you the great division. This is not the NFC West. Uh, that know. being said, the NFC, the NFC South wasn't exactly anything to write home about this year either. I mean, uh, you agreed. Know. The <laughs> NFC East isn't good. The NFC North isn't good. I mean, really, when you look at a lot of, there's a lot of blah teams in the NFL. Because they, they got their parity. The NFL got their parity. It's what they want. They want all the teams the same. Well, you got it. There are really no great teams either when you think about it. There are good mm. teams, maybe even very good teams, but no great teams. This is not the 90s. You got the, the Niners or the Cowboys who are killing everybody, or the Bills and the AFC. Uh, do I think he deserves some love? Sure. You want to give him some love, but are we giving it to him because he's thrown for a, literally 1,000 yards the last two games and, you know, whatever, nine touchdowns, whatever it might be? You know, so I think it's a little of what have you done for me lately, which has been big, you know, not his whole <laughs> season of work. A little bit of love? Absolutely. Am I giving him the award? No. I don't know. Lately, you got the Bengals in the playoffs. Now, they got to win a playoff game, which they haven't done in like 20 years. But still, getting the Bengals in, it's a huge accomplishment. We'll be right back with more FSD right here on Sports Grid right after this. Great, great. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 